0: strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting-edge information or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Today's episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Gym Aware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where Gym Aware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they gonna answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates gym aware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 44th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Aware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the top minds of the best practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the University of Florida's Associate Director of Strength and Conditioning, Matt Delancey. Matt, thanks for being with us today, man.
1: My pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me. Awesome.
0: Stoked to catch up. Stoked to have you on. But before we get going too far, brother, who is Matt Delancey?
1: So I think this is probably one of the uh, toughest questions people ask, at um, least it is for me. Uh, I think I'll start off with saying my family is my first priority. My wife, Audi, are uh, two dogs. So um outside of that i'm an outgoing compassionate overthinker at times tough to keep that in check but i work hard at it um i really enjoy the day-to-day interactions with others uh, my absolute favorite thing is working collectively collectively towards a common goal with another person or a group of people um some people that i admire i think this gives you insight a little bit who i am in no particular order uh mary wise who's our head volleyball coach she's she's one of the pioneers in in coaching as a, as a female coach like she was the first uh woman to coach in in an NCAA volleyball final and uh i've been privileged to see that and linda taylor who is our senior women's administrator um she's a black woman who is in a high level position and uh, i i think that her path to where she's at probably was tough and uh so uh, obviously a lot of admiration and respect for Linda Anthony Nesty is our head men's swim coach, um, black male. And uh, as you know, like coaching sometimes they, they, they don't hire the minority. And, you know, I think Anthony probably had a lot to work through in his career. And then Mike Holloway who's our men's and women's head track coach. And uh, he actually just put out a great piece on, on our dot floridagators.com on, on kind of like his life experiences with racism. And uh, so those are four people that I, I, I admire. I think it's an insight to me. And then I'll finish off with, I value hard work, integrity, and, and relationships with others.
0: I value hard work, integrity, and relationships with others. I think it's probably like if, if someone were to say, give me a sentence that you would say reminds, that's what Matt is. I think that that is, that's like hammer, meat, nail, bro. That's awesome. But listen, Matt, you've been all over the place. You were in Richmond, Virginia, and then you kindly moved aside (laughs) so that I could get a job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, you kindly were just like, no, I'm going to go to Florida. You guys can go hire Jay. Um, But, you know, you're you're not just a person who's been down there for 16, 17 years and has been complacent. You're someone who's been pushing the envelope, trying to drive to be better every day for the young people you get to work with. so I'm really fired up to hear about this, buddy. if you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany
1: in your career. So for me, the 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 epiphany for me came from working with track and swimming really and how you taper those athletes. And track and swimmer taper swim tapers obviously just a little different, but there's some similarities there. And for me, the learning moment was for swimming, when we would drop weights anywhere from 10 to 21 days out from the conference meet. And when I first started, I'm like, "Oh man, I wonder how this is gonna go." And then they go swim faster. In my head, I'm like, "Okay, there's a real, there's a real thing to this dropping weights for swimmers, right?" And we do that with track too a little bit with our sprint group, and and they run, and they run faster. And I know that, I think one of the things as I'm guilty of this for sure, and I think our profession is guilty of this is sometimes we don't know when to get out of the way of our athletes, so. Watching those situations and not just watch it work once or twice, but consecutively, year after year after year, and not just at the NCAA level with our Olympians that go and break world records at the Olympics. You know, Dressel can drop weights anywhere from 21 to 28 days out because that guy is a very dense, muscular human that needs a lot of rest. And the more he rests, at that point, the better he is. I mean, you've seen his two world championship meets I mean that guy he he rests as hard as he works, so for a learning experience for me, that watching that process happen with these athletes that that changed my direction with how I deal with all athletes that I work with and um for me, when I write programs at this point, that has got me to the question is once I've written the program and I look at it, okay, what can i what's what's not essential? What can I cut out of here what? what can I take out of here? And, and I think for me, that's, that was the real epiphany is that just get out of their way.
0: I love that, man. To, I've talked a bit about that too. Is like listening and kind of letting them be them when it's time to, when it's time to shine. But it's really funny how like, when you let the, when you just say, all right, let's let the horsey run that horse can go, you know,
1: go. it's true.
0: I love it brother I, I I love it you know Caleb's a great example but there have been plenty who have come through there who and they could get off the blocks and get back faster they could get out of the blocks and get around that track fast and, and it's uh it's a testament to you being so willing to to let the athlete be the
1: athlete I think the key too is listening to the head coaches or assistant coaches too with their event groups because they have a different perspective than we have about the weight room's value with their athlete. And I, I think our value – we're always going to be a little skewed because it's our job, right? And I think for a long time, strength and conditioning at one point was always trying to justify why we get paid and why we get, should get paid more. And I think that that still plays out a little bit with maybe in the background of our algorithms we're not thinking about it anymore, but I still think, there's a little bit of that. We're we're still trying to justify why why we get paid or why we have jobs, and in reality, it doesn't even come down to that. It's like, what are you doing to maximize your athlete's experience and performance in in, in their four or five year career that they have at the University of Florida or at the University of Richmond, for that matter, right? So, uh, I think it's the the thing I've I've really learned is. When, when a coach says something, are they saying exactly what they mean? Or maybe they're not exactly sure what they mean, but they know there's something that's around that statement they're telling you, and maybe sometimes we have to just decode what they said. you got to take their emotion out of it, and then you got to decode what they said, because sometimes when they might say, wow, they don't look strong, and I've heard that a couple times with track. And then I'm like, when I, when I was younger, I was like, they don't look strong. And then as you learn over time, well, fatigue and strength. You know, if you're tired and not being strong, kind of look the same, right? So I, if my track coach starts saying, they don't look strong in my head, I'm like, okay, it's time to pull back a little bit because it's not a strength issue. It's they're tired. So I think learning how to decode your coach's messages, I think those are important um, part of that epiphany as well, right? So.
0: I dig that, man. And I think that that's something, like both aspects of it, I think is, uh, it is hard, right? To be able to take a step back and be like, to look in the mirror and, be, and try to not have that knee-jerk reaction is difficult.
1: You have to really check your ego out the door. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think that's challenging for anybody. No doubt.
0: No doubt, well, listen, Matt. Let's get on to the next one, buddy. So, if you could ask one question and you know that you're going to get the answer, what is that question going to be? And
1: well, I think that over the course of the last ten days, this question has changed in my head because clearly we're in a we're in a situation in our country and uh, I think it's just country, I guess the world where we're at a point of major ch- potential change in a positive direction. Uh, to me, I'm the question that I'm really banging around on my head, I'm sure I'm not one is you know, how do, how do we end racism in this world and create a fair, balanced platform for every single human? I mean, and as to the why, I mean, everyone should have at least the opportunity to, to work on a, on a fair, balanced starting point to get as far, to, to get as far as they can and find the best version of themselves. And I think right now we're, we're in a situation where, and I, 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 I firmly, accept this as a white male. I, I I'm privileged as a white male. I, I'll accept that. You know, like I'm a big guy and every once in a while I have a short fuse. And if I, if I have an, if I'm involved with the police pulling me over or something, I don't think about how this interaction could go wrong for me. But if it's a black male, the same size as me and Maybe, maybe we're almost the same person, except of our skin color is different, right? That black male, as soon as he gets pulled over, he's worried about his life. So for me, like, I think recognizing that we have privilege that we, we may never have thought about before, and it comes back to the question, is like, how do we end racism and create fair and balanced platforms where people that get pulled over that are people of color, they're not fearing for their life because of a traffic traffic stop or they ran a stop sign or they were six miles over the speed limit. So to me, that's, that's where my thought, that's where my mind is right now with, with, if I could get a question answered, that would be the one.
0: Yeah. And I think that right now there's so much, there's so many layers to that onion without a doubt, like starting and, and starting to peel it back one by one. Like, it's obviously going to be a long road to hoe, but I think that it's one that is, is starting to be paved, and at least people right now are starting to stop worrying about talking about it and are, are at least open to listening.
1: I, I think that watching these protests and seeing a larger portion of white people involved is part of the solution. Obviously, it's not the whole solution, and I and I firmly believe that if you're a white person and you see racism happening in front of your face and you don't say anything about it that makes you complicit to it and complicity at this point towards racism is actually a form of racism. And I can, I I can promise you that I will not be complicit in situations where it's happening right in front of my face. And if calling people out on social media, I, I think that, that's at least part of the solution it's not the entire answer there's there's many like you said there's many layers to this but I think that white people have to take ownership of of their role in in this
0: I think that that's fair and I think that that's something that we're going to talk more and more about especially with the young people that we get to work with you know day in and day out to try to be better
1: absolutely be be the the role model that helps affect change
0: yeah and you know matt i think that one thing that a lot of people talk about with with what we do right is that we're in this servant role and we're here to do what's best for these these young people and all this that and the third but like i don't think it's that hard to sit down and listen to them tell us how we can be better like we were talking about that a little before right i don't think that like and maybe, maybe you and I are lucky because we're in, you know, unique positions where we're able to be so involved with these, these young people. But like, instead of it being like a hard conversation, to me, it is almost like refreshing to be like, wow, okay, right. good. Like, I'm trying, like, it's not just like I want to make sure that the exercise is transferred to basketball, right? right. Like, now, obviously, that's important different level of importance but obviously that's important but like if there's something that we're doing that we don't even recognize i would want to know
1: absolutely i think i think opening up the veil on ignorant on on the ignorant portion of this is, is important and it's uh if you've never had anybody tell you and you don't know like at some level you got to you got to find ways to to find your find your gaps find your blind spots and uh I think opening up opening up with your athletes and say hey tell me tell me where i've been wrong like sit down like you said have a conversation with them if you're willing to talk about performance why wouldn't you be able, why, why wouldn't you be willing to talk about something even more important this is really to me this is, this is really important like this is the this is the uh Time to do it, you know, get figured out like where can I be better? What have I said that I didn't recognize, and you maybe explain it to me, help me understand so I can be better, and that way I can help other other white people be better as well, because if if you don't know, then you obviously you can't call it out when you see it, so if you want to know, you have to ask the hard questions like, and I think for the most part, athletes will be honest with you. I, I, I think that's – I think we've built relationships with with people that when you ask them questions, they, they'll give you feedback when you ask for it. No doubt, man.
0: No doubt. But, yeah, I think that it's – the wheels are turning, and hopefully things continue to progress. Yep. Well, listen, Matt, let me get you out of here on this, brother. I mean, you're a guy that's training people all the time and training some of the best – that are doing it right now and the best to ever do it. So at some point though, Matt needs some time to, you know, recharge and, and get back to zero. So what's, what's the escape? So for me,
1: the, uh, the escape is house projects, nature. Um, although I don't get out in nature as much as I would like to. Um, I really enjoy going out to the Ishituckney river with, with Audi and we, tube or kayak down it's a spring fed river it's crystal clear it's beautiful you don't have to worry so much about alligators in that scenario and uh the other one is obviously i love the beach and those are my those are my uh escapes um i was not good at that when i was younger in my career i am guilty of guarding empty weight rooms so i think that the escape portion of this has gotten better because as a profession i think we are getting better in this area where we're not if we don't have athletes why why are you in the weight room go go get out get out enjoy like so i think that that that's a phenomenal question to end with because <laughs> that's how i think our profession can get a lot better at learning how to take their skips when they need them You said
0: I used to be great at guarding
1: empty weight rooms.
0: That is the greatest line I've ever heard about how we used to operate. I – oh, man. And you know what? Also, shout out to the puppies because if you guys don't follow Matt on Instagram, you're missing out because he's got two awesome dogs that are great to watch grow up and run around and play. But, no, man. Matt, always great to catch up, brother. Truly appreciate it. We'll be in touch soon.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, Jay. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you.